the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Program guests and Craig Roberts not affiliated with Vitucci and Associates. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Vitucci and Associates have no liability for information discussed. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal professional prior to taking action. Securities and advisory services offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Vitucci and Associates, and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated. The views and opinions expressed are based on current economic and market conditions and are subject to change. All investing involves risk, including the potential for loss of principal. Pat Petucci says, don't invest and forget. Invest and forget. Invest and forget. Welcome to Don't Invest and Forget, a weekly financial news magazine designed to educate and equip you with the roadmap and direction you need to manage your money, meet your financial goals, and instill confidence in your investment choices on the road to retirement. Your host is author, radio commentator, and investment advisor, Pat Fatucci of Fatucci & Associates. With over 30 years' experience in the world of finance and investment planning, Pat specializes in personal and corporate investment management with special emphasis on retirement planning. The war in Ukraine marks one year as Europe continues to struggle with high energy costs. Meanwhile, here at home, while stocks show some promising signs, the Fed continues to struggle to cap inflation rates, suggesting more interest rate hikes may still be in the offing, even as the 30-year fixed mortgage rate continues to inch toward the 7% mark. Welcome once again to this edition of Don't Invest and Forget, the program that faithfully each and every week for more than two decades helps you keep your finger on the pulse of your money from Wall Street to Main Street to your wallet. Our host, 30-plus year financial manager and author, Pat Fatucci, along with our Don't Invest and Forget man on the street, Charlie Cowain, and I'm Craig Roberts. Well, Pat, once again, mixed news on Wall Street. We've seen some encouraging news in terms of um, a little bit better productivity. Uh, certainly since the first of the year, there's been some debate. Are we heading back into bull territory? Are the bears still solidly in charge? Uh, and, and as that debate may continue amongst investment professionals, the average for- person says, gee whiz, inflation still seems to be taking a bite out of things, even though there's been an uptick in some consumer confidence, all the while looking at what's happening with the Fed and mortgage rates, while that might not have a big impact um, on, you know, day-to-day individuals that are not looking to refinance, if you're looking to buy a home for the first time in a market like the San Francisco Bay Area, ouch, 7%, that hurts. Yeah, we've certainly had a mixed bag of news uh, the past uh, week, week to 10 days where we continue to see the Dow Jones having a 600-point rise or a 600-point decline. And you think, what the heck is going on here? The market can't figure out if we're in a bullish market or a bearish market. And so you get this bipolar view of the world, and it becomes increasingly more difficult to read the tea leaves. It's confounding because you've got the Federal Reserve in the background – being really data-driven, which is 
the smart way to, to uh, look at life. But for the average investor, do you jump in? Do you jump out? Do you sit on the sidelines? It's confusing. And Jamie Dimon came out the other day and said, you know, he's hopeful for a soft landing, but inflation continues to be an issue. Uh, they watch unemployment numbers. Amazingly, they've been in the 3.5% range, which is not typical for a, quote, recession. So we've got this convoluted view of what a recession perhaps used to be. And we were, are we redefining what recession really looks like? Are we in a bear market? Is it is it bullish? Not unlike other market dips where, we, where we've seen a consistent negativity or consistent positivity. And it's an unusual period that we're in. You listen to 10 economists and five will say, we are absolutely going to have a soft landing. It's going to be wonderful. The second six months of 2023 is going to be very productive. And the other five of the 10 economists saying uh, we're in for a crash landing and China's going to take us over by the end of the year. And Putin and President Xi and China will collaborate and we will lose complete control of the economy. So we've got extreme views in the next 12 to 24 months. Some of them are pretty darn scary. You know, the more extreme your view is, the more microphones you get placed under you and and you get more attention and you get you get to be the top story on the six o'clock news or CNBC interviews you much more regularly because you have an extreme view and, and, you know, if it bleeds, it leads kind of thing. So if you, if you have some extreme view, it generates more viewership, which creates more advertising dollars. So the pendulum continues. So how does the average investor, Pat, delineate between the news and the noise? And how do you know which is which? That's a great question. And it's a very subtle subliminal idea to really carve out the BS and how do you identify the BS from what's real? Always noise out there, and especially during volatile times, volume level goes up on the noise, and the volume level on the, the real data tends to get muted out. We have an open media microphone system in this country that we live in, and that's the good news. That's also the bad news, because we get convoluted egos that want to get their 15 minutes of fame, the noise level goes up. Hey Pat, you've you've mentioned before when the Fed raises the interest rates, that's supposed to help lower the inflation rate, right? That's that, the theory. Is that is that working? I, I don't know. I you just you just keep seeing that inflation is going up and up and it doesn't seem to matter what the Feds do with interest rates. So you know, I don't know. That's just another big question mark <laughs> that we're trying to figure out. Well compared to last year, Charlie, the actual Inflation rate has subsided fairly substantially. But the inflation rate is one thing. But what about the prices, just the prices of things in general? <laughs> you can talk about the inflation rate. But you go in the grocery stores or the gasoline stations or whatever, wherever you go to buy whatever you're buying, the prices seem to be up. They're up and they're not going back down tomorrow, but they're going up at a slower rate. How's that? Now, not that you and I can, okay. can, you know, the box of cereal is still $5 and gasoline, uh, frankly, has been going up of late in the last couple of weeks. It's up 30 cents or so from just a couple of weeks ago, 30 cents per gallon. Again, you, you look at trend lines, 
Inflation is slowing. Thankfully, it's slowing. It's it's only at six or seven, but you're right. It's still higher than prices we were paying for basic goods and services a year ago, and and hence you get politicians citing that from the opposing party saying, um, are you better off today than when you were under a Republican? And so you get those comparisons. There's trend lines and there's leading and lagging indicators that take time to show their ugly truth. And so you get, you know, mortgage rates at 7% when a year ago there were, what, two and a half or so? Uh, So we've got glaring numbers on the surface of it that looks really bad today compared to a year ago. Now, speaking of mortgage rates, what's the 100-year average on mortgage rates? About 7%. But we were used to 25 or 3.5%. We're kind of entitled to that, right? Well, we're not really. On an annual basis, food prices are up 11.1%. Energy for the last year up 9.6%. So you're right, Charlie. Gasoline is still up a whole lot compared to a year ago. Are they going to go back down Much of January's inflation surge came from a 2% rise in energy prices alone. Food prices in January up 0.4%. Goods and services up 0.6%. So inflation is is real. You and I are feeling it when we go buy anything, but it is slowing, fortunately, or or else we would all be getting part-time jobs. In light of all of the volatility going on in the markets, and, and again, as Pat spoke of earlier, the concern in the challenge of trying to differentiate between news and noise, how do you go about effectively managing your retirement dollars? Well, coming up next, a look at the importance of a retirement plan tune-up as this edition of DontInvestAndForget.com continues. Pat Fittucci says, Don't invest and forget. Craig Roberts, along with our host, 30-plus-year money manager, Pat Fitucci. Now, we spoke a few moments ago about that complimentary financial checkup, really that retirement tune-up, and it's yours free for the asking by simply calling today the toll-free number to call, 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Remember, there's never any cost or obligation, so just call today and schedule your free appointment. 888-PLAN-WISE, 888-752-6947. Well, Pat, just before the break, we were talking about some of the things taking place and the reaction on the markets globally. A big reminder for all of us that it's important to take the time to get a retirement planning tune-up from time to time, to take a look at all the components of a retirement plan or our roadmap to make sure that, in fact, it's going to give us the kind of strategy that will take us safely through to an independent retirement. Toward that end, let's talk about some of the key things that we need to be looking at in that retirement tune-up. One of the big concerns today, of course, is managing of one's debt. There's certainly a couple areas. There's smart debt and there's dumb debt. So let's go over that. Smart debt is a loan on an asset that appreciates. In other words, the value goes up, your house, and it's deductible. So a mortgage is hopefully the value goes up. The interest you can declare on your 1040 tax return as deductible. That's smart debt. Appreciation of the asset and the deductibility on the interest. Dumb debt is an asset that declines in value. You buy your car, you buy a boat, you buy an RV, you drive it off the lot, and it drops in value 10, 20, 30%. Pick a number, a big, big number. And the loan interest is not deductible. So that's what we call dumb debt. So 
Take a snapshot of where you are today and what does your loan portfolio look like? If there is loans on plastic, Visa, MasterCard, et cetera, that's absolutely debt you want to eliminate. There's car payment loans. Again, if you can either fold that into an equity line or get rid of it completely, that's ideal. And lastly, the debt on your home. There's a lot of schools of thinking on this, and I'm not a big fan of paying off debt, especially with rates as they are today. I'm not suggesting you go out and get a loan if you've already paid off your home, but I would not be all that excited about paying it off if I had a choice between maxing out my 401k or paying off that loan. I would absolutely go for maxing out the 401k. So it reduces your marginal tax bracket and you take the deductibility on the loan. I mean, ideally, when you retire, you'd have zero debt. That doesn't take a mental giant to figure that one out. But mortgage loans, you could absolutely arithmetically compute the fact that having a mortgage, even in retirement, can make pretty good sense. So you've got to look at all those issues. And then, of course, the option, you sell the big house and move to the small house. Or do you move to a less expensive area? Almost anywhere in the USA compared to the Bay Area, you can move 100 miles away and get a lot more two-by-fours for your dollar. Maybe you don't want to do that. Your grandkids are here. Lots of choices where you can reduce your monthly outlay, maybe eliminate the mortgage, and maybe have a better lifestyle. Um, Again, managing that debt is a lot of ways of carving it up. And we can be pretty creative in, in how to look at your debt load, Craig. One of the big shockers, of course, for folks dealing with the reality that even as the paychecks stop arriving, the bills will continue to arrive. And as we restructure a retirement plan to go from more of a growth portfolio toward a income-providing portfolio, probably I would suggest, Pat, wise not to be tapping into that for rainy day funds, meaning that as much as we know, listen, we drive the car all the time, suddenly the transmission goes out, the house needs a new roof on it, things of this sort. Is it important to set aside money in an emergency fund so that if something comes along that's unexpected, and we know that's expected to happen in life all the time, that we have access to some cash? Hot water heaters and roofs still leak Even though we are retired, there's no magic that suddenly that kind of stuff doesn't happen anymore. So we've got to have contingency emergency fund. The big one, of course, we're all aware of and more and more employers are saying it's up to you and I to carry our own health care. Health care is at least $1,000 a month for most couples. So we've got to factor that in in a big, big way. 20 years ago, most employers carried retirees' health care plans for the rest of their life. But the rest of their life, uh, you know, many years ago was just a couple of years of retirement. Now it's 10, 20, 30, 40 years of retirement. So corporate America cannot carry our health care plans for that long a period of time. So we've got to look at all those issues. Should you look at a PPO, an HMO, and try and carve it up as best you can that makes it comfortable for your family to figure out what to do with with the healthcare issue. But certainly a contingency plan, the rules are about four or five months of monthly overhead in emergencies. If it costs you $3,000 a month to run your home, around 12, 14, 18 grand sitting around at the bank. We had a listener come in last week, Craig, $200,000 in a checking account. 
I said, why would you have that much in a checking account? Well, I'm just nervous about this market and I want to have a big cushion. That's a little bit extreme. Certainly, you've worked hard for your money. Now your money's got to work hard for you. And this is an example, too much money sitting around not working hard. Having a rainy day or an emergency fund is a very important thing to have in case the inevitable happens. Now, with that said, the big key here is we talk about retirement planning. The operative word there is plan, whether we're going to set out on a long trip, uh, maybe to go halfway across the country to go visit grandparents over the summer with the kids. Whatever it might be, it's always wise to plan in advance. Make sure you've got a roadmap set together. You've checked the air in the tires. You've got plenty of gasoline. You've topped off the radiator with fresh water, all of this. And I suppose the same thing is very true, Pat, when it comes to mapping out a plan for retirement. And I guess that means all aspects of retirement planning, what we can anticipate from Social Security, how much money we need to have set aside in our 401k and in our IRA to generate the kind of income we'll need at retirement. In so many cases, my retiree folks come in and they say, you know, we're so busy We can't figure out how we had time to work when we were working. So many retirees are busy as heck because they're either volunteering or they're working part-time or they work for their church or there are lots of hobbies and friends and trips. In many cases, it's it's a very fulfilling level of life at that point in time. It's a whole new chapter, but I would certainly encourage folks to kind of take a test drive and figure out what do you get a charge out of doing. Do some introspection on what hobbies you have or interests you have. And there's sometimes, Craig, I, I got to tell you, a small percentage, a minority of folks who say, I'm bored to tears. I have no idea what to do. I wake up in the morning. I have breakfast. I'm done reading the paper. It's 830. Now I got the whole day. My gosh, what do I do now? So we've got to look at what to do there's the mental aspects. We've had this vocation for 40 or more years. We wake up in the morning and we just go through those steps like a zombie going to work every day. And now now all of a sudden, there's a whole new dimension of life called time, having time on your hands, which worker bees generally don't have any and retirees have a lot of time. So that's the whole adjustment. Certainly, it's an opportunity to join a club or start a hobby or go back to college and take a reading course or take a a woodworking course, whatever your interests are, there's certainly no shortage of things to learn and get involved with. If you have the motivation, I think mentally is so important to start retirement with a positive spin. I've seen depressed people go into this phase and just get more depressed. On the other hand, we get really highly motivated, excited people, and they bring a whole level of enjoyment to their life. So I think mentally, you've got to take an inventory of kind of shape you're in and understand if you're prepared for this pretty dramatic shift in lifestyle. In preparation for that, is it wise to kind of take the retirement out for a test drive, Pat, in the sense that maybe to attempt for a few months before you officially retire to see what it's going to be like living in retirement? Is that a good idea? In other words, stop using the credit cards, start paying for things in cash, and and just kind of get a sense of what the feeling is going to be like? I think understanding what those golden years are going to be like is an absolute great idea. You can take a sabbatical for a month or two and just try to figure out what are you going to do? Frankly, some people say, you know, I don't ever want to retire. I love what I do. I want to take more time off. And sadly, when you work for corporate America, it's either work all year long and you get three or four weeks off or not. Many companies 
are having these work share programs where you can work for two or three months and take a month off. So I think more and more corporate America is adjusting and recalibrating to that schedule, given the fact that, A, it's a big brain drain out of corporate America, and they can't afford to have all these boomers leaving at the same time, while these young folks are certainly energetic and and motivated. They may not have the maturity or the experience to handle some of these bigger level or mid-level management jobs. And so the smart companies are saying, let's create kind of a, a work schedule that allows these folks to kind of test drive for a couple of months and then come back to work for a couple, three months. So more and more of those schedules are becoming available. Certainly if you're self-employed, you just scale back the activity level. That's a little bit easier to do. Got a good support system and to manage your company while you're off sailing in Europe somewhere. I wonder if the boss would just let me do that tomorrow. I'm not going to plan on retiring, but just like to take a month off. See I, how it was I like. can write you a note, Craig. Dear boss, please excuse Craig for the next month. He's going to go to Europe and spend a month in Italy. I think I like that plan. Hey, we're going to take a time out, come back to more of our conversation, a look at a pre-retirement tune-up. I'm Craig Roberts, along with our host, 30-plus-year money manager, Pat Fatucci. Don't forget the toll-free number to call today if you'd like to schedule your own retirement plan tune-up. Call toll-free, 888-PLAN-WISE, 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-752-6947. Pat Fatucci says, don't invest and forget Our special guest today is Gene Chatsky. Gene is an award-winning journalist, best-selling author, and motivational speaker, famous for her ability to explain money and invest in a clear and accessible way. She's the author of four books. We're going to talk today about her most recent book, Make Money, Not Excuses, a Wall Street Journal and New York Times bestseller. Gene, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I used to make an awful lot of these excuses myself. And when I started realizing that I was hearing them from all the different women in my life, I'm too afraid to get going with my money. I'm too disorganized. I don't have time. I thought, boy, there's something in here. So I sent an email out to a lot of my colleagues, my girlfriends, and my mother, and my cousins, and said, essentially, what are your excuses? Add them on, and then send this around to all the other women in your life, and tell them to send it back to me. And I got hundreds of emails. And what was so shocking to me, so surprising, was that the excuses were the same, whether they were coming from Montana, or Texas, or Florida, no matter what age woman I was hearing from. And I thought, boy, I better figure out a way to write about these and tear down what are essentially psychological barriers that we are putting in our own way so that we can start working our way toward a better financial position. But isn't that why women get married so they can delegate this boring stuff to the husband? Isn't that the husband's job these days? Isn't that what mom and dad did? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Somebody needs to smack you. That is an incredibly dangerous thing to do. Whether you're a husband delegating to your wife or a wife delegating to your husband, we all need to know how to manage the money because 95 percent of us will at some point be in a position where we are on our own. And you don't want to be learning this behind the eight ball. You want to be able to do it before you have to do it. What about this? I don't have time. I'm too disorganized. There's other things that are much more important than managing my money. Not necessarily. If you are managing your money, essentially you're giving yourself the opportunity to do what you want to do in life. And you're giving your kids the opportunity to do what they want to do in their life. And it doesn't have to be the kind of experience that takes all day or drives you crazy. 
we're fortunate that we're living at a time when there are an awful lot of technological advances that can help us do the things we have to do in a lot less time. So you bank online because that takes less time. You don't have to run to the post office anymore when it's time to pay your bills. We get a lot of boomers listening to this show. I'm too old. It's too late for me. You know, how do you respond? So you're a boomer. Okay. And if you hadn't started investing at this point, I would still say you got 40 years. We all have to plan these days for the scenario that we could live to be 100. And that means we've got market exposure well into our 80s. We should be working and putting money away for many of us definitely into our late 60s. For some of us, if we are starting a little bit late, into our early 70s. But if you're starting late, it means you have to save more to catch up and then move ahead. And fortunately for us, there are provisions in the tax code that now allow us to, in a very tax-efficient, tax-advantaged way, put away sizable amounts of money that can help us in our retirement. Your Chapter 6 I found kind of interesting. Chapter 6, I have nothing to wear. Don't bitch about it. (laughs) What's that all about? It's about shopping. How many times have you ever found yourself saying, you know, I am having a lousy day I'm going to go out and buy myself that. I'm going to go shop for big screen TVs. I'm going to go, you know, if you're me, you're having a bad day, you want to go buy shoes. So the key is realizing that your emotions are in control and that your mind is not in some of these instances and doing what you have to do to remove yourself from the situation so that you don't end up spending money that you don't have. This is my wife's favorite. I can deal with money. It's investing I can't stand. Is there a difference? There is a difference. Investing, particularly now, it's very, very frightening, but you have to be in it because if you're just leaving your money in checking or in savings, you're not earning enough to keep yourself ahead of taxes and inflation. I can't tell you, and I used to do this myself, I can't tell you how many people have too much money sitting in checking. If they just moved it into a position where they were taking a little bit of risk, you have to take a little bit of risk, they would be so far ahead in the long term. So is this book predominantly focused more towards women? This one is, not all the books that I've written. In fact, this is the first one that I've written that is so focused on women. Are women just not interested and are they less responsible? We've come to the party a little bit late. We are just catching up when it comes to earning money. Today, about 30% of women out-earn the men in our lives, but that is relatively new. And I think because we are only now coming into our own as bigger earners, we are now only feeling like we want to step up and start taking control of the money or even that we deserve to. So in our weekly news magazine, we talk about taking that first step, which includes coming in for a no-obligation consultation. Would you agree that's a first develop a roadmap to where you want to be in the next oh, three, five, seven years? Is, whether that, you, is that the first step? Whether you come into your office or whether you do it with the help of a book or a magazine, a plan is really, really important. You need a plan. You need to know what you want your money to do for you. And once you know that, then it's easy to map out the smaller steps in between where you are now and how you're going to get there. So just like if you don't like cutting your grass or washing your car, you outsource that to somebody else. A lot of folks, male or female, seriously, just hate looking at this kind of stuff. My radio folks come in and they plop a bunch of unopened envelopes on my desk, Gene, and say, here, please open this. I have no idea what it means. I can't stand looking at it. It's 38 pages of gobbledygook. So outsourcing is what you're suggesting if you're not prepared to do it, but somebody's got to do it. 
like your teeth. If you ignore your teeth, they go away. If you ignore your money, it just doesn't grow for you. No, I'm with you. I'm a big believer in the fact that somebody has to do the work. And if what you know about yourself is that you're not the kind of person that's actually going to step up and do it, by all means, get some help. So you are a public speaker. You go around the country sharing your story, and I'm sure you've got lots of specific stories that you've met with women and men, I'm sure. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I wrote this book largely because I made so many of the mistakes, and I heard so many of these excuses come out of my own mouth over the years. And managing your money, I mean, you know this, you do this for a living. It's not rocket science. It does take a little bit of time and energy and effort. And it's not a responsibility that our generation has the luxury of being able to shirk. Our parents, our grandparents had corporate pensions. They had health benefits that they knew were going to last forever. They had social security and confidence in the system. We don't have any of those things. And so it's up to us to really say, I am going to deal with this. I'm going to put it on my list and I'm going to make sure that I take care of it because taking care of it means taking care of myself. It means taking care of my family. And it's just one of those things that we have to do these days. Gene Chatsky, make money, not excuses. Wake up, take charge and overcome your financial fears forever. If you have any questions for Gene or myself, or you would like to take advantage of that no-obligation consultation, call our offices today, 1-888-PLAN-WISE. That's 1-888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Gene, congratulations on your book. Best of luck to you. Thanks very much. Pat Petucci says, don't invest and forget. Invest and forget. Invest and forget. Welcome back. I'm Pat Vitucci. We come to you each week and talk about salient financial kinds of issues. My special guest today is Julie Morgenstern. Julie is the author of When Organizing Isn't Enough, Shed Your Stuff, Change Your Life. Julie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Pat. We all uh, need some organization. Uh, Life comes at us pretty fast, and there's lots of stuff that we grab onto. And my sense is we don't shed enough, and you're suggesting we shed more. Talk to me about your whole acronym, SHED. Well, SHED is a process for decluttering your life, your space, your schedule, your habits to make room for change. And it's something you do when you're in the midst of transition. And it helps you take control and actually lead yourself in the direction you really want to go. So you find the clutter in your space or your life. And S stands for separate the treasures. So you don't throw it all out. You identify the gems that are really worth hanging on to. H is heave the rest. Just release everything that is obsolete that didn't qualify as a treasure and get it out of your space and off your schedule. E stands for embrace your identity from within. You know, it's partially exciting when you get rid of all that clutter, but it's also a little bit disorienting and you can kind of get a little lost, like who am I without my stuff? And that's where embrace your identity from within It's a very proactive process you can do to really identify who am I without that stuff. And D is for drive yourself forward. And you feel much more confident with yourself uh, after releasing a lot of that old uh, clutter and you start to proactively move in the direction that you want toward the adventure that you want, toward the life that you want. It starts to really come into focus and you move forward. It's really about getting unanchored, getting unparalyzed. Your first thoughts, overloading schedules. We're all very busy, and I'm, somehow when you go to Europe and you see the pace of life in Europe much slower, this is an enviable lifestyle that we should try and mimic here. I see parents 
overloading their kids' schedules, and so they're just creating little patterns of overloaded problems, and your book's going to be a continued bestseller for all the young kids out there whose schedules are being trained to be overloaded, and, and we as adults are way too busy. How do you slow that down? You go through your schedule, and you go through your pile of to-dos that's been sitting there for months that you haven't gotten to, and you really ask of each thing that's on your list and each thing that's on your schedule, does this excite me? Does this energize me? Am I excited at the idea of doing this? Or does it de-energize me? Do I dread it? Is this just a big burden? And anything that's a big burden that makes you feel bad, that makes you feel weighed down, is a candidate for shedding. It's You've got it on there because you think it should be because of some odd obligation or some belief system that it's a supposed to. It becomes a, a true candidate for release. I teach in the book the three Ds for shedding things from your schedule. You can delete them, which means just take it off. In the grand scheme of things, It's there's not enough value, let it go. That's got to feel real refreshing when you actually throw something out. It really, really does. And you realize you're doing other things that achieve the same goal in in an easier way, in a more energizing way, in a more rewarding way. So this one you can just delete. You can delegate some things. You know, we say yes very quickly without thinking often. (laughs) Say yes. We put all this stuff on our schedules and maybe it needs to get done, but you don't have to be the one to do it. So you can delegate to get things off your schedule. And you can also, if you have to do it, and some of the things on there, they don't make us happy, but they really have to get done, like getting your taxes done. You can do it, but diminish it. You find a way to scale down the projects, you know, narrow the scope, and just get it done at the most basic fundamental level and release some of your perfectionism about every single task that you do. And that's also very, very freeing. You don't have to do everything to an equal level of perfection or excellence. Some things can be just good enough. And once it's off your to-do list, there's such a sense of relief. You know, that's one of the ways to shed too, is just get it done, for goodness sakes. Just yesterday, a client came in and I was a little concerned because she wheeled in one of these luggages on wheels. What's wrong with this picture? And she came in and I said, geez, are you going on vacation after you leave here? And she said, oh no, these are all my statements. I've never thrown one statement out and I have all my prospectuses. And she said, can you help me sort through this? And so here she is with unopened open envelopes and you know the IRS requires and the SEC NASD FINRA requires fund companies and insurance companies to mail out financial statements semi-annual statements prospectuses and this gal had literally a luggage full of stuff that talk about clutter about 98% of it did not have her name on it did not have her social security number on it and therefore was disposable and recyclable you can get overwhelmed pretty easily especially in the financial world If you can identify what the treasures are in advance, it's like you just said, you know, as a financial consultant, you can advise your clients, these are the treasure guidelines. Keep your year-end statement and the rest can go. The key to shedding is before you dive in and start picking up every piece of paper and saying, is this important? Do I keep this? Don't I keep this? You'll never get through it that way. Everything looks important. Before you dive in, you want to create a list. It's like a packing list, except this is your shed list. You create a list of what are the treasures, what are the things that are worth saving. From a financial standpoint, it's what do I really need to keep? What is the practical must keep? And then everything else can go. And uh, 
you do that in your with your financial papers, and it, it's very freeing. I think you know if you can give people permission to get rid of a lot of that financial clutter, that alone can be one of the big wins. It can be one of the best places to start, quite frankly, because you know you can get rid of clutter in a lot of areas. You can get rid of clutter in your closets, and your pantry, and your kitchen cabinets. But starting with those financial clutter, the paper, very freeing. And then the energy that you get from that is going to give you the momentum that you need to start tackling clutter in other areas of your home. So it's a great place to start. In your book, you talk about having fun, enjoying time off. I guess the less clutter you have, it's a freeing kind of thing. Certainly a a time when most people want to just not think about those difficult things and those cluttering kinds of things. The hardest part for most people in getting organized is getting started. It's all about creating the habit of saving. And just like when you want to set up your schedule for the week, you need to set up your financial schedule. The more we procrastinate, you know, you're only 25 years old today and you wake up tomorrow and you're 50 years old and you've just created a habit of not doing the right thing. And well, I really like the idea of keeping your schedule open. I guess we need to just schedule a half a day or a full day of just doing nothing. You know, there's nothing wrong with doing nothing, is there? Or is is that still a crime? We have to have every minute of every day of every week scheduled for something. You know, having open time in your schedule is a wonderful thing to do. And if you're not used to it, it can be really disorienting. You're like, what do I do with a whole day to myself or half a day? I feel, I feel to... guilty if I don't have something scheduled. I know, but there's enjoying life and there's a different kind of enjoyment than just getting things done. And, you know, getting things done can feel really rewarding, but it's a very tangible way of saying, you know, today was useful. I did something today. But clearing your schedule and allowing for some breathing room and time to think and time to be and time to connect with people, it's very freeing. It's a different way of being. Letting go of things and sort of decluttering, it's not easy, but it's very transforming. You know, we all have a certain amount of stuff that anchors us. We have a certain amount of busyness that anchors us. And if you're used to being busy, busy, busy all the time, the idea of a half a day without a million things to do can just sort of strike fear into you. But after one or two times, you start realizing how much you can fill a half a day with things that are not necessarily on your to-do list. And it gives you a chance to recharge. My special guest today, Julie Morgenstern. Julie is the author of When Organizing Isn't Enough, Shed Your Stuff, Change Your Life. If there's any questions for Julie or myself, if you'd like a no-obligation consultation, a financial health checkup, a second opinion, if you're cluttered with lots of stuff and you're overwhelmed with statements and prospectuses and confusion about where your organized financial life should be going, come in for our no-obligation consultation. Call today, one plan wise That's one 888 P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Well, Julie, thank you so much, and congratulations on your very successful book. Thank you so much, Pat. You've been listening to Don't Invest and Forget with author and investment advisor, Pat Fatucci. To gain more information about any of the topics discussed on today's program or to schedule your appointment for a no-obligation financial plan tune-up in one of Bay Area offices of Fatucci & Associates near you, go to don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com. Or call toll-free, 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Or visit don'tinvestandforget.com. Program guests and Craig Roberts not affiliated with Vitucci and Associates. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Vitucci and Associates have no liability for information discussed. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal professional prior to taking action. Securities and advisory services offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Vitucci and Associates, and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.